Welcome to the Unmade Podcast, looking at media and marketing from an Australian perspective. I'm Tim Burrows. Recently, I published my first book, Media Unmade. It quickly became an Amazon bestseller. It's the story of Australian media's most disruptive decade. It's published by Hardy Grant, and you can buy it at all good bookshops and online. In the coming weeks, I'll be sharing the full audio edition of the book here on the Unmade podcast. Coming up is the next chapter. Now remember, only Unmade's paying subscribers get to hear every chapter. If you haven't already, you can sign up at unmade.media. As well as supporting my work as an independent journalist, you'll receive exclusive industry analysis in both written and podcast form. And once you sign up, you'll still be able to get our paid podcasts inside the app of your choice. It only takes a couple of clicks. Now, on with the book. Chapter 20. Hard Stuff. In which Nick Chan suddenly departs Bauer, replaced by Paul Dyksel, who steadies the ship, and is in turn replaced by Brendan Hill who sets up a deal that would change the entire magazine landscape, buying Pacific magazines. Talk about a battlefield promotion. The outside world had not seen Nick Chan's departure from Bauer Media coming, particularly so soon after his arrival. His stint was over almost as soon as it began. Chan fell out with his masters in Germany. He was the sort of CEO who liked to have the autonomy to run his own show, and Von Bauer was the kind of proprietor who wanted to get involved. Micromanagement was a word that was used later. The key issue was that she would not support his investment plans. The nine words Chan spoke on the subject at the time. We had differences in strategic priorities for the business, said it all. So now it was Paul Dyksel's turn to try to save Australia's biggest magazine publisher from the dual forces of the structural destruction driven by the internet and the strategic emissions wrought by Bauer's overseas masters. Before Chan's June 2017 exit, Dyksel had been running Bauer's New Zealand operation and counting down to retirement after a successful decade rebuilding the company in Auckland, which had been in the doldrums when he arrived. Earlier in his career, Dyksel had worked in the Australian market, including as managing director at Matt Hanbury's Murdoch magazines, which had published Marie Claire, Men's Health and Better Homes and Gardens, before being acquired by seven specific publications in 2004. And now he was back in Sydney to run Bauer across both Australia and New Zealand. Knowing that this was probably his last job as an executive before retirement, he had little to lose. I'm not here to manage the status quo, I'm here to change things, and that's what I've been pretty successful at over the years, and that's why I am here, he told Mumbrella. I don't care what people say about me, I know what I'm doing, I know what I want to do, I'm very passionate about it, and I'm very single-minded about it. 
If people think I'm a prick, if people think I'm an asshole, that's fine. I can't do anything about that. There's some hard stuff that needs to be done, and it will be done. I'm really sorry about that. For starters, the company was making yet another change to its custom publishing strategy. While the rest of the industry had jumped onto the digitally-led content marketing train, Bauer's approach had remained rooted in its custom publishing traditions, even after rebranding Bauer Custom Media as Bauer Works two years earlier. The running costs of the unit were significant. It was led by general manager Eugene Vericchio, who had been with the company for 17 years and was on a salary to match his experience. With many of its most lucrative clients lost to medium rare, the costs could no longer be justified. Declaring that Bauer Works could not be sustained as a standalone unit, Dykesel closed it down and made Vericchio redundant. The big opportunity for us primarily in that space, in my view, is digital, said Dykesel. Our digital teams are growing, our digital business is growing, so the digital side of the business will pick up a lot of the opportunities going forward in terms of contract publishing. Soon after, staff were told the company would no longer be publishing Maya Emporium magazine or Weight Watchers magazine. There were more changes in the company's digital direction too. There had been internal speculation that the plan was for Christian Frick, who had come over from Germany to lead digital unit Bauer XL in August 2016, to be Dijksel's successor once he had the lie of the land. But Frick quit in November 2017, with staff being told he was going back to Germany for family reasons. Towards the end of 2017, Dijksel sat down with Mumbrella. Given the disagreements between Chan and the Bauer family, Dijksel was asked about his own relationship with head office. We all have disagreements about how those things will be done, but often that's a disagreement between Australian personalities versus German personalities, or the way an Australian company runs versus the way a German company runs, he said but they love Australia. And what of the family's long-term commitment to Australia, he was asked. Bauer never sell things. They don't like selling things and they are acquirers. They passionately believe they can fix things up. Under Dijksel, the company finally began to show signs that it was pulling out of its strategic nosedive. Just five months after closing Bauer Works, the company was back in the content business again, launching Storytelling Division, Story 54, under new leadership. Named for the magazine company's hallowed 54 Park Street address, it was launched at a glossy event for marketers and media agencies. Its new take on content marketing was a world away from the stodgy model of custom-published magazines. It would offer insight-led brand entertainment storytelling for women by women. Given the short gap between the shuttering of Bauer Works and the launch of Story 54, it looked like Dijksel had concluded it would be better to start all over again than reboot the content marketing strategy with the previous team. 
the new offering was led by Jane Waterhouse, who had joined Bauer after the failure of her publishing venture with Wendy Harmer, the Hoopla. Just as significantly, the big budget launch event held in February 2018 was a sign that Bauer was finally marketing itself to its advertisers in a more strategic way. Over the decade, the company had dropped out of the men's magazines market. Ralph was scrapped in 2010, FHM in 2012, and Zoo in 2015. With the closure of men's style in December 2017, what remained of the trimmed consumer portfolio was almost entirely female-focused. Dykesaw and his team decided to make a virtue of it. The event was called Female Futures. I'd like to think that we are not just talking that each and every one of our brands have and will commit to campaigns and content that will continue to help create a better female future. To that end, Bauer Media promises to write 10 million words by 2019 on the subject and drive for a female future, he told The Gathering. The push into the content marketing space helped Bauer chase marketing dollars that had been leaking out of the magazine market. But there were also plenty of competitors in the space. The advantage of doing great work is we are now getting on the majority of briefs in town. The disadvantage is how competitive it is as we are all competing over the 30% of the ad revenue that is left after Google and Facebook have taken their share, said Waterhouse. In another move that encouraged staff that Bauer's future would not be entirely about layoffs and closures, the company actually bought some mastheads. In June 2018, Bauer purchased magazines Inside Out and Country Style and website homelife.com.au from News Corp, which was beginning to slim its magazine portfolio to focus on the dual niches of food and luxury. The acquisition was led by Bauer's GM of publishing, Fiorella De Santo, who had joined the company in February 2016 as director of sales, a few months after quitting News Corp, where she had risen to be a member of Kim Williams's inner circle. So she knew the titles well. We think that the three additional brands can really nicely coexist with the brands that we already have, she said. But in other niches, Bauer's magazines continued to fall over, particularly those targeting younger readers. The next big one to go was Cosmopolitan in October 2018. The now familiar pattern of nostalgic former editors and readers followed. Dykesel acknowledged the hole it would leave. Magazine closures are never easy, desirable or done without careful consideration for all those involved. We are incredibly proud of the brand and the people who have been involved and represented over the last 45 years. It has helped to launch the careers of media personalities, supported great brands and causes and inspired millions of young women across the country. The same week, DeSanto quit after little more than two years with Bauer. And in May 2019, Dykesel announced that, having steadied the ship over the previous two years, it was time for him to take that retirement. It would now be down to New Zealand Managing Director Brendan Hill, who'd been with the company for 13 years, 
to take Bauer into the next decade. In the press release, Hill talked to up the company's digital credentials. Bauer would be all about being a female-focused content company, not a magazine publisher. Under Paul's leadership, Bauer Media ANZ is in an incredibly strong position with nearly 7 million unique monthly users of our 24 websites, over 14 million users on our social sites, 800,000 EDMs sent each month and nearly 9 million monthly highly engaged readers of our 57 magazines. Hill, a Kiwi who had spent much of his professional career in Australia, would not be the first former accountant to run the company after moving across to the publishing side. Unlike the blunt Dyksel, Hill was described as sunny. Nonetheless, he would soon acknowledge that the old line about Australia being the world's best-selling magazine market per capita was dead. In fact, it was the opposite. I think Australia is probably one of the toughest markets for magazines worldwide, he admitted. I think the advertising decline was faster and earlier than elsewhere. And if you look at the share of advertising dollars that go to magazines of the whole advertising pie, it's one of the lowest in the developed economies. Merger mania. It was time for consolidation in the magazine market. There had once been five big consumer players. ACP magazines, Pacific Publications, News Magazines, EMAP and Murdoch Magazines. Over the last 15 years, the players have become three, with ACP snapping up EMAP before being gobbled up by Bauer Media, while Pacific Publications had bought Murdoch Magazines and rebranded as Pacific Magazines. And in 2011, news magazines had rebranded as Newslife Media in an early recognition that it needed to be defined by audience rather than medium. Even three players was now too many in a shrinking market. And new Seven West Media boss James Warburton was a motivated seller of Pacific magazines to get Seven West Media's debt down. Some of PacMag's best-known titles were Marie Claire, Better Homes and Gardens, and New Idea. The companies had talked before. Previously, the main question had been about who would buy who. But now, Seven West Media really needed the money. At the right price, Bauer was an equally motivated buyer. Owning the whole magazine market would improve profitability and it would be a better asset if the Bauer family decided to sell. Despite Dyksel's declaration just a couple of years before that the Bowers were never sellers, there were rumours that private equity was already in the frame. For the Australian magazine industry, a takeover of PacMags by Bauer was the biggest deal in its history. Even a couple of years before, it would have been unthinkable for the regulators to wave it through. But with the magazine market now so diminished, there seemed to be a chance that the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission would allow it. In October 2019, the parties were ready to unveil a deal to the market. $40 million in cash 
plus $6.6 million in advertising for Seven West Media with the Bauer titles. Both sides would also work together in the future to cross-promote the Better Homes and Gardens TV show and magazine. In the announcement, Warburton unconsciously echoed Nine Boss's David Gingell's sentiments when he cast off ACP back in 2012. The team at Pacific have been at the forefront of our group's transformation and have done a tremendous job at repositioning their business but there can be no doubt that there is a greater future within a larger-scaled magazine group. There were kind words from Bauer about its competitor too. We are delighted to be able to combine our talent and resources with one of our most admired and respected industry peers, said Hill. The announcement stated that the deal was a binding agreement, subject to the ACCC's approval. The ACCC took two months to come back with an initial view. It had major concerns. As it had been with the outdoor merger, it was concerned that competition would be reduced in the narrow magazine market rather than considering the wider media market. The pre-Christmas announcement from ACCC chairman Rod Sims suggested real doubts. We are acutely aware of the dramatic decline in magazine revenue, both in terms of lost advertising and reduced sales. Many magazine titles have closed over recent years, and more titles will close, irrespective of this deal. Anticipating the arguments, Sims continued. However, competition within markets has an important role to play to protect consumers, even in declining markets. The key Bauer and Pacific magazine's titles remain profitable and in some cases average more than one million readers per issue. If Bauer bought Pacific magazines, Bauer would remove its closest competitor in certain segments. Our preliminary view is that this would allow Bauer to reduce the effort put into content production and the range of content or to increase prices. Sims flagged the head-to-head battle between Bauer's Woman's Day and PacMag's New Idea, and between Take 5 and That's Life as areas of particular concern. While there is free online content available that resembles the content in these magazines, many consumers still value the physical format of magazines, the packaging together of stories, puzzles, prizes and other content and the style of the articles produced by each magazine, Sims added. Sims promised there will be a final decision before Easter 2020. All of those involved were given a deadline of the 14th of February to make any further submissions. For the staff of Pacific Magazines, they will be spending summer in limbo. By the time a decision was made, the whole world had changed. That was the latest chapter of my narration of my book, Media Unmade. You can buy the book online and at all good bookstores. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember, if you want to hear all future chapters, you'll need to be a paying subscriber of Unmade. You can sign up at unmade.media. That's the URL, simply unmade.media. 
Once you do, it only takes a couple of clicks to add the paid-for feed to the podcast app of your choice. The book was written and recorded in Northwest Tasmania on the land of the Palawa people. This podcast is produced with the enthusiastic help of Abe's Audio. For voiceovers and audio production, from corporate to commercial, go to abesaudio.com.au. I'll be back with the next chapter soon. Toodle pip.